Welcome back to another edition of the Off the Dome podcast. We are back after a, after a mini vacation. This episode is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. And shout out to our new sponsor, Brain Fuel. Uh, head up, shout out to uh, my friend Colton Horn um, for the sponsorship opportunity. I can't thank you enough. Uh, more information will be posted on the Off the Dome face, uh, Twitter page and the Off the Dome Instagram page to, more, to learn more about the Brain Fuel site and more about the product. Uh, so I'm here with a special guest of mine. Uh, funny story. I met this guy in Vegas and uh, at the Palazzo Hotel during the Summer League. And we shared a common thing. We both love podcasting. He loves podcasting as well. He is the host of Those Millennials Podcast. Uh, my guy, Jarrell Wilkerson. Jarrell, it's an honor for you to be on the podcast. Thank you, Matt, man. I really appreciate this moment. I really appreciate you giving me the time to share my platform, man. I just, I, I've been checking out your stuff. I think it's all dope. It was crazy how we met and it was just like, <laughs> just walking through the Palazzo, chopping it up. We chopped it up and then we're just like breaking down podcasts. Like, oh, you, you do all you basketball. Yeah. And, it just, and it, just, it was just such a crazy story. So, but it was dope that we finally met. I, I think this is a beginning of something uh, pretty, pretty special. Absolutely. I, 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 I can I can't I can't agree enough on that. Um, so it, it was crazy summer league when we were there. I mean, I, I was there Saturday, and I saw probably the best summer league game maybe ever. I mean, it was the Kings Magic game. It was a sixteen point game. Magic were up, and then Keegan Murray Murray and the Kings go. They scored like six points, in like seven seconds. That's like Reggie Miller type shit. Yeah, it was. that's really what it was. That was my favorite summer league game. I mean, the thing is, though, that I was a little disappointed by with the news I found out today was that Paolo Banquero, they're cutting him. Like, well, what do you make of that? Like, after just playing an amazing summer league game, like, and he was great. I, he deserved to be the number one pick after seeing it. But now you just cut him? Like, what do you make of that? Like, well, shut him out? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's injury precaution. I don't know exactly what the injury was. I heard that. Um, I, I never really looked into the injury, but I know that they kind of want to deal with him in men gloves. You know, I wasn't sitting. I seen the Magic uh, scouting executives. They were all really locked in on that game. He looked great. So if it's anything, I understand to take the precaution for your number one pick. You know, I just I understand he he he's the franchise. So. You know, summer league is just summer league. You know, it's good to have the. You know, he's not going to be playing with a lot of those guys, so I get it. But uh, I, I, I get the precaution. You know, especially because they did the same thing with Jay Nivey when he got injured in the second game first Detroit, and he rolled his ankle. So they went. I'm pretty sure he's going to be shut down too, which kind of sucks because you want to see the big stars there. But for these number one picks, I feel like if it's any injury, shut it down because you last thing you want is an Embiid three year process with a player. You know. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I, I think it's smart what they're trying to do. And I think Ben Carroll, after seeing the Summer League, I, the, I really like his game a lot. Very long arms, very good wing defender, can attack the rim at will. My only question about him is his, low mo is his motor. I feel like every time when he runs up and down the court, he's not always like in full high gear. But you have to understand he's young. And <laughs> I'm like two, three years older than him. And he'll yeah. get there for sure. Chad Holmgren, I'm in the minority of saying this. 
I like him. I don't love him. I mm. don't feel like he utilizes his size enough. He mm. has a unicorn-type game like Porzingis can has. I think he's a little bit of a better defender than Porzingis was. My only issue with him is he doesn't utilize his size to his advantage, I feel like. And that game, that NC, that uh, game against Gonzaga when they lost in that NCAA, I think, Sweet Six, I think Elite Eight, I believe it was. Sweet 16 or Elite Eight, when he lose? They lost in the uh, Sweet 16. Sweet 16, right. He didn't, I feel like he just didn't use his seven feet height advantage enough. He looked good that first game in Summer League where everyone was like, oh, my God, he's unbelievable, unstoppable. Then the second game, eh. Then I just can't really put a label on him because he doesn't show up with that size and then and utilize it to his advantage. Am I being a little bit too harsh on him? Or, like, or is it a fair assessment? Um, I would say I'll give Chet some time. The reason why I can say that is because if you look at guys like Anthony Davis, he doesn't even really know how to post up. You know, like rare is the NBA player that you can throw the ball to 10-plus times to get a legit, you know, back to the basket. You know, even AD likes to face up a lot of times. So posting up is kind of subjective because I don't know – I mean, switching, but a lot of guys settle for jump shots on switches. So, it's different. I do see your point, though. He has to – I mean, there was last night I watched the game first the um, – I think they played the Magic last night. It was the Magic. And he had a he had a, a small on him, and he barely looked like he was able to muscle him. But posting up is so hard, and it took LeBron years to learn how to post up. So, he need, if he adds the weight, he needs to use his body, but I think he knows that his best bet is to stay out of the block right now. You know, his best bet is just to, you know, shoot over and over and over again over people. You know, that way it can open up the driving lane. I don't know if I really want him banging with guys 15 to 20 times a game. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it really just depends. Like, the, the move he has where he goes behind the pack and just mm-hmm. goes straight up. Like, he, he has the intangibles. He just needs to put some meat on those bones. That's, yeah. really, <laughs> that's, that's really how I see him. He, I think he has the skill set. But and he has the potential to. It's just a matter of wanting it like every single night, like down in the post. But he'll get there though with time. I, I do think that, as what Draymond said on Twitter, he's like people overreact to summer league. It's just a couple things. But mm-hmm. I mean, ju- this is just like an. Uh, speaking of Draymond, I want to. I talked about this with you, a little bit of our conversation yesterday uh, while preparing for this podcast. It's very interesting about the whole new media segment where Draymond talks about like how the media has to recycle things over and over again and make hot takes rather than looking at specific facts. I personally liked Draymond's take on it because he's calling out these shows like Undisputed, First Take, by making hot takes and recycling the same stuff over and over again while putting any logical reasoning out the door. And he's calling out pe- the media on that. Like, do you think he has a point on this whole thing? Because we, we did discuss it a bit, this whole I, 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 there it, It's complex. I, I really think that he has a point in the aspect of it is rinse and repeat with undisputed first take. And I would say more so, first take actually kind of delves more into the side of actual basketball analysis because they have J.J. Redick and, you know, C.J. McCollum on there occasionally. Um, and Kendrick Perkins has some good points. And But, you know, but like, but some of the news cycles, my thing is about some of the news cycles is that 
the real basketball fans like me and you that I consider ourselves, we don't go to Undisputed and first take for our basketball opinions. No. We laugh at it. We laugh at it, you it's know? Humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's humor. It's humor. It's it, it's, shock, it's shock conversation. It's shock, it, Everything is shock value. Even I think that some of the guys are on there are meant to create shock kind of content. You know, like, they'll be like, you know, I'm, I'm going to say something – kind of, you know, pushing the wave or the narrative. Because, it, like, if you really know, I have eight to nine podcasts that I listen to that I can say, like, prime example, I was just listening to the Low Post with Bobby Marks today. It's one, of my favorite, one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to Ryan Rosillo podcast, Bill Simmons. It, it, I watch whole YouTube breakdowns of, of the Miami Heat defensive sets. There's other way to get basketball media. I don't know why everybody's concerned about kind of like, like the mainstream media, because the only people that watch that are people who really don't keep up with basketball. If you ask me, like, I think those are the people who are surprised that James Harden got traded again, or, you know, they don't really keep up. Like they're not digging in how we dig in. So I think those shows are dedicated to them because I don't even take those shows seriously. Like even, any, even like the things that Skip Bayless says, I don't even take, I don't even take it seriously. When, when, when does anybody ever take anything he says seriously? <laughs> when, when does he? Like every, Every time, like I watch, like it's it's literally just a comedy set. It's literally what they do. Like ninety percent, five percent of what they do is comedy. Like literally, that's all they do. And Shannon, sure, that's really what it is. But yeah, I agree with your point on it. To the fact that if it's all, if you watch the game, you actually analyze detail and not just go off by what other media people say that imprints in your mind about it then that if you know your stuff, then there's no point in just recycling old past takes. I think if you just analyze it and watch game footage and look at the roster spots, then you would understand who's the great fit and who's not a great fit. That's really how I look at it. And with the same thing with the NFL too. In the NFL, if you like, if you, if you watch like pot to like videotape of it and study it, like, if you actually are passionate about something and if you analyze something rather than just listening to freaking Skip Bayless blabber on or Stephen A. just loudmouth, if you actually take, take detail-oriented notes, you mentally and physically, you study it frame for frame. And if you're passionate about something, I don't consider it work. I consider it just fun and logical reasoning. That's really what all I consider it as. And Draymond does have a point with the whole new media. I think maybe he's just calling out the shows that keep repeating constantly, like first take and undisputed. That's pretty much what I made of it. That pretty much. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. I, I can see that point. And, and I and I agree. Like to a level, I do agree with that aspect of the the you do and I and be being that I am for player empowerment, I am for players using their voices to express their narrative however they want to see fit, whether it be a report that is subjective or you know or or. or or you actually just, you know, disputing it yourself or however you want to do it. If you want to control your narrative, that's fine. More players could do it. But otherwise, I mean, I just feel like, you know, like it is the new media, but I do like, I do, I am for players definitely right. their narrative. Like, like that documentary I saw like a couple years ago called Shut Up and Dribble, how players will not just shut up and dribble mm -hmm. and not, and will actually take a stand on things. And it, it's very interesting you brought up the player empowerment. Um, the thing about it is that I am all for players dictating want to, where to go, want to go, and want to go. I do have some players that have issues 
with not wanting to play for a certain team and wanting to request trades middle of their contracts. I'm all for players deciding where to go. I'm all for the player empowerment movement. And LeBron did a great job of initiating the player empowerment movement where they just, where NBA players decide where to go, where to want to go. I have an issue though with players asking for contracts out and not fulfilling their obligations. And we talked about this on the phone yesterday about Ben Simmons situation and the fact that he lost like millions of dollars on just sitting out. Yeah. Like I, it pisses me off that this is why the, in the NFL, I feel like they are the owners. I feel the NBA should take a page out of the NFL's book. The NFL's owners do a great job of standing firm on players requests of holding out. And the NBA, I feel like the players just essentially, I wouldn't say run the league, but I feel like they dictate when to play, when not to play, in my opinion. Um, what do you make of this whole thing with, um, this is two part, with the, with the Kevin Durant asking for a trade mm-hmm. while just signing a four-year extension mm-hmm. in his first year? And what do you make of the whole Ben Simmons thing? What We talked about on the phone about Ben Simmons. We were just kind of grilling him, but, like, it's an honest discussion. Like, this is a two-part. What do you make of it? Well, I, I will start off this, but first off, you know, the NBA owners are really in the tough position, I would say, compared to the NFL owners. NFL owners, I really feel like, yeah, they make a hard stance, but the NFL career is so short that I kind of side with the play. Like, I really side with NFL holdouts. I never side with this NBA stuff. Like, the prime example, and I'll get to my point of Kevin Durant. Because NBA, like I said, the average NFL career, you look at guys like Andrew Luck, most of these guys, they can't barely walk, you know? So, like, the, and they're not, getting, they're not getting as many guarantees. So, NFL holdouts, I feel like the owners have a good stance, but I feel like they need to pay the players a little bit more. But all but getting to the Kevin Durant point is that I just think that – the I, I just – with him, this situation is just so weird. But for somebody to be so gifted, it just doesn't make sense – like, it just – I can see why people get turned off by the NBA because, like, it's like, hey, you signed a four-year deal here. You know, people are buying tickets to see you. People are moving – you know, these are not just, you know – these are organizational picks that they're invested in you. You know what I'm saying? This is a company, the Brooklyn Nets organization, is investing in you money, time, flights, whatever you want, accommodations of staff, whatever you want. And same thing with Ben Simmons in Philly. My ultimate thing is just that I, I just feel like people say like Draymond went on and kind of defended him by saying it's just like somebody switching from Apple to Google. Like, no, it's not the same thing. It's it's honestly like it, it like they Apple doesn't trade thousands of dollars in you know like or assets you know to help the company in the future to get you. They just offer you a job, you know. So if Kevin Durant, my thing is this part of it is ugly when you get into these contract situations. I really wish people would just do like LeBron James does and become a free agent. Yeah. You know, and, and and I really think it's a bad look, and I really, I mean, and, and I, it, it's a, it's a turn off, and I, like I don't, owners do it to the players, but my thing is, I just hate the fact that you just signed this deal, and because your friend didn't want to go there, you now you want out, and then it's like the Nets, honestly, and if I'm the Nets, I'm just kind of ready. You can't have these three cognizant as Ben Simmons, somebody who held out. Honestly, you might be able to keep Ben Simmons, but even then, it's like you know how things are going to go if, if it doesn't work out. So I would just kind of cut base with him. That's all. I, 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 I would rather rebuild than – I would rather rebuild and not be good than have that, 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 that 
that circus every night. If I'm any team now, like I would, the super team should scare away anybody now. It just scare away a lot of organizations from saying like, hey, because it doesn't work all the time. We saw how many games of Kyrie, Harden, and Durant, you know? We saw a total. They went 13 and three. Like they were the greatest theoretical trio ever. And put as words of Zach Lowe, the best three theoretical trio Mm -hmm. ever. Like when they played, they were nearly unstoppable. They were beating up mentally, though, with the Kyrie, when he, him wanted to take uh, PTO or mm-hmm. CTO, choice time off. Mm-hmm. Or James Harden, where, well, Harden was hurt, but he came in, he's always in and out of shape. You know that from mm-hmm. what he does with the nightlife and what he does in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And with the hamstring injury he was rehabbing from, and he obviously did get off to a great start last year. Kevin is the only one out of that group. I'll give, I'm not that I, I'll give him this. He at least wants to hoop. Like, I don't think Kevin Durant, if he's on the Nets next year, I don't think he'll want to just pout and hold out. Kevin's a hooper. Mm-hmm. He wants to hoop. That's yeah. all he does. He doesn't care about, like, anything else. He just wants to hoop and be himself in the best position to win. But the Ben Simmons thing, I, I just – it pisses me off that players have to bitch and moan constantly about not wanting to be there. If you don't want to be there, at least play and earn your money and not just complain about what's going on. And first, look, I'm not doubting the mental health thing. We all go through things. But the fact now he has to say it's a back issue, and now he sits, wears a Louis Vuitton (laughs) hockey jacket. Like, like you are pretty much sticking out like a sore thumb. That's how I interpret it. I think Ben Simmons has kind of lost touch with reality. Like, I honestly think something may be, uh, like, you know, I'm noticing something where it's like, he, he, I don't think he really gets it, you know? And I feel like when, people, when Stephen A. Smith says that there's a lot of people around him who don't really make him get better or, or they don't press him, I really believe that where he's the first – I believe that this is a combination of two things, social media and the youth of, of a lot of these guys. Cause it's like, they've been famous so long. They've been famous since like eighth and seventh grade. When you look at Ben Simmons, when he was at, um, when Australia. he played when he was in Australia. Australia and then he went to Montrose uh, Academy and then, um, but so he's been famous a while and then they get the money. And, but the whole thing is when you get, there comes an aspect of it where you have to work on your game and really grind. And I mean, I remember where they used to try to compare him to LeBron, like, and it was like, there was never no comparison. As you can see, LeBron has even kind of distanced himself from like Ben Simmons. He doesn't really post or like, you know, you don't see LeBron working out with Ben Simmons like that. So it just I don't think I think ultimately half of that with Ben Simmons is he's probably one of the first athletes that got exposed of being that he's one of the, one of the few that don't really put in the work as well. James Harden game can mask the fact that he doesn't put in the work. Ben Simmons literally can you can see it like, oh, he doesn't really put in the work. And I think that he couldn't handle that due to social media and probably due to the fact that he just like he feels in his level of entitlement. That's pretty much what I made of it. And we and the fact that practice video where it showed that he had a phone in his pocket while, while practicing, I mean, like, I don't know. It's just so disrespectful and so unprofessional. And it's like at the bare minimum, stuff like that should be kept behind closed doors. 
Like, like at bare minimum, as a fan, we don't. I like as a fan now. I don't care about your contract negotiations. I don't care. Like, you know, I want the team to pay you, but do I really care? Because if you get paid, it's not gonna affect me. You know what I'm saying? Even if the team they don't pay you, it's not gonna affect me. I just want to see the team win. So that should be the goal of everybody there. But you know, Ben Simmons includes somebody who I don't think is a team. I wouldn't want to play with him if I was in NBA. I wouldn't want to play with him. Wow. Tell me how you really feel about Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, getting back to Kevin Durant, uh, but, uh, we talked touch base with him on player empowerment. I, now, there's been some talks about the trades, about Kevin Durant. One minute, I hear it's the Suns. And what I read today, that Kevin Durant is determined on the Heat and Suns are the top two teams on his list. The Toronto Raptors – there was some talk about them potentially being like a sneaky favorite, but the, the Raptors rightfully so don't want to include Scotty Barnes in the trade and it would be a non-starter. So I think there's not, it's not that there's no interest in Kevin Durant. I mean, you would have to be an idiot to not have any interest in one of the top two to three players still. And it at like the, the essentially still at his prime, but Kevin Durant, but from what I've read, teams don't want to cut their core and give up so much for Kevin Durant. I think now that with the Rudy Gobert trade, you saw what happened, that they had to give up five first-round picks. Yeah, and Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, and Patrick Beverly for Rudy Gobert. No disrespect to Rudy Gobert whatsoever. He's a three-time defensive player of the year. But he's not worth all that. And are you shocked that there's not really like a quote unquote market for get for KD and this, do you see him on the nets or do you see him on like the two teams I suggested? I think they're going to, I think a trade has to will happen. Um, I think it's going to be Miami. Um, I, I want it to be the Suns because I would like to see him and Booker together from a basketball aspect, but I wouldn't mind Miami as well. But I just, I see why people are scared away because he, he with four years left, who's to say he can do this again after two years? Right. You know, he, you know, so who to say, and, and it's like, now I have to trade all my assets. I have to give up all my picks, gut my franchise in the future of my franchise, possibly for the next six years, just to get possibly two years, maybe because he was only in Brooklyn for three, you know, or was he in well, well, he played two years. Yeah. Remember, he set out the first year because yeah. he was having from the Achilles. That's okay. 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 Yes, you're right. So he played two. He's only, he was out. So he's only in Brooklyn for three years. So, so with four years left, I'll be kind of worried. Like, what if things don't go well? But if I'm a team like the Suns, I definitely do this. I move heaven and earth for it. Whatever, whatever I need to do, whatever I need to do to get. Devin Booker with Kevin Durant, I need to do it because I don't think your window is cracked, is open that much longer with the roster you have, even with Aiden. I was in Bridges. I was in Johnson. Give us however many picks, swaps, however you, however you want to do it, but I would try to give up that. But the only thing I think Miami may have a better offer with Tyler Hero, though. That is the only issue is that I think Tyler Hero is a player that people really like and invest in, and he has more upside than Cam Johnson's or Mikael Bridges, I think. You know, so I I personally would like to see him go to one of those teams. Because, but but it's, it's strange, though, because that Brooklyn team that they have now with T.J. Warren, even though he hasn't played in two years. Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. Uh, they brought back Claxton. Um, I, uh, even though they didn't – they lost Bruce Brown to the Nugget team. I didn't like that move, but they had to um, pay Royce O'Neal and, or, and uh, 
when they got him. So I, I still like the roster, but I think that they should move on because I think you, the team can work with Ben Simmons and you can be competitive and not keep it because Houston owns their picks. So they can't just bottom out. So they need to be competitive next year. So you can win 35 games with a Ben Simmons. Royce O'Neal, TJ. Royce O'Neal, Tyler Hero. Or even if you go Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, you know. I think, that's, I think that's like a 40 – I'd say it's a – I give it a 40, 42-win team. Yeah, they they, they yeah. be a play-in team-ish. They're better than the Hornets. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be in that Hornets tier, that Hornets-Cavalier tier in mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference. Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah, I, I just think, look, you're not going to cut your cord for Kevin Durant. Say that you give up uh, – let me give you an example. Say you give up for Toronto, you give up Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Fleet, Siakam, and uh, Gary Trent Jr. and draft picks for that much for Kevin Durant for two plus years in his prime. You essentially are not going to be set up like long term. Yes, you have Scotty Barnes and he's going to be a superstar one day, but it really would not work for the long term. Yeah. Now, getting to a team like uh, like the Kings, for instance, where you give up, say, De'Aaron Fox. He obviously not going to Sacramento. Everybody knows that, but just hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Say that you gave up DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox for Kevin and first-round picks for Kevin Durant. Like, yeah, like Kevin Durant will obviously – he I don't think he would love playing in that for the Sacramento Kings who – no disrespect to the organization whatsoever. They're on the upswing. I think they'll be a 41 team this year. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that they got a good squad. I'm, root- I would, I'm rooting for them to have a good year. But if you give up them for Kevin Durant and say you have them, again, two-plus years, and Kevin Durant knows he's not going to win there, like, what's the point of that? Like, exactly. there's not really, like, a thing. Like, if there was, like, maybe a star and two first-round picks, if the Rudy Gobert didn't give up didn't happen that much. I think, call me crazy, but I think there's a chance Kevin would be in, on a different team right now. If that massive Gobert trade didn't happen. Am I crazy to think that? Or yeah, Repeat that for the last part you just said. So Gobert, the five first-round picks and uh-huh. the three rotational players. Would it be crazy to say that if that kind of deal for Gobert never happened, we would see Kevin Durant on a different team with, like, a smaller, like, deal requirement? It, it's hard to say because I. Uh, that's a great question. Huh. You, you, you know what? Because I, now that I'm thinking about it, that market did get set to an astronomical market for a player that wasn't – that nobody – I mean, people wanted them. I would say the Hawks could have used them. I thought maybe the Charlotte Hornets could have um, used Rudy Gobert, you know, if they could pull up some kind of signing trade because they had a lot of assets they could have gave up. Bulls, maybe? Yeah, the Bulls maybe because, you know – Possibly a little sign and trade with Vucevic or something, but they didn't want to give up Patrick Williams. Um, I, I just, I just, you know what? I, I kind of agree with that because that five picks, I gotta get six, or at least, or another, another rotation, or a better player. I mean, because I would say this, I, I think the five picks were for you got maybe you got maybe one good player with upside, and I would say that that's Jared Vanderbilt because he's such a great defender. And and Beasley, he's kind of setting his stuck in his, you know, who he is. You know, he's he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a player that you're gonna build around. 
Um, and Patrick Beverly's a great player, but he's also a championship asset, you know. I but think so he's gonna get bought out. I think he'll definitely get bought out. Yeah. So I think the price was really Vanderbilt in five picks. So I don't think. I mean, so would Phoenix do Bridges in five picks? I think they should. Do they have five picks to go to? I, but if, but if that's the case, I think that's a, even a good package of what four four picks and three players. Right. Yeah. I was talking to someone at Summer League um, back – I'm not going to reveal who I speak to, obviously. Whoever we talk about, like, whoever we hear, we'll keep our sources, obviously, anonymous for this viewing and for this podcast. Um, I was talking to someone at Summer League yesterday, and he's, and he's a Suns fan. Obviously, won't reveal the name. He said that the Suns do want Kevin Durant, but the holdup – is the Mikhail Bridges because the Suns really love Mikhail Bridges and rightfully so. Like he was, a, he was, he was first team all defense last year. Almost defensive player of the year candidate. Was he? Was yeah. did he get votes? I think we're pretty sure he, he got he votes. Was number two. He was number yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. I think it was Marcus Smart was number yeah. two. Yeah. Obviously yeah. first. Yeah. Number two was Bridges. I think three was uh, yeah. JJ. Yeah. Yeah. I I I understand that the hold up with with. Bruce. With Bridges being that he's such a great defender, he's such an excellent – he's basically everything you want in today's NBA player. Shoots close to 40, almost 40% from three. Defends at a high level. But That's it's Kevin Wingspan. Yeah, he has the – great. yeah, exactly. Him oh. and Kevin Durant on the wingspan together. Oh. I, That's I just – the only the way I think they can pull this trade off is if they get assets from Indiana. I don't know what kind of assets they're going to get from Indiana – but if they can acquire maybe one to two first round picks in a sign and trade, I don't know if they're gonna have to give up Aiden. I mean, I don't know if they're gonna I don't know if they're gonna receive Miles Turner or flip him for for in this next deal. But if they can do anything with Indiana to get a couple more assets or somebody young to to kind of sweeten the pot, I think that'll do it. In order in order to get keep bridges, I feel like they have to do the sign and trade with Indiana. Right. I I would say so too. It's going to have to be like a three team deal, I would say. Now, speaking of, uh, before we get into our LA Lakers player, um, hopefully next player, Kyrie Irving, we're going to talk about the other big story around the NBA world. So there are reports from Woj and reports from multiple people that the Pacers and the, are nearing a sign-and-trade to acquire DeAndre Ayton. Now, how do you think this plays out? You said there could be a three-team deal-ish. Yeah, what I – what I think that happened, I haven't spoken to anybody. What I have, what I think could happen is I, I would suggest that they would probably get Miles Turner back in a sign and trade. But the whole thing is if you're taking Miles Turner, he's an expiring. So if you rather not, I don't know what contract makes it work other than Buddy Healed. So I would because when you look at that roster, nobody's really paid on the Pacers um that has a really a massive contract like that. You know, they have McConnell, he makes about nine million dollars a year. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton hasn't even gotten paid yet. He's only in his second year. So I would try to flip Buddy to the Nets with something, you know, but maybe maybe they're trying to sell Buddy Hill to the Nets instead. But I would somehow that that has to work that way because I don't know if Miles Turner is going to entice the Nets enough, especially him being on the expiring. You Um, already have Nick Claxton. You signed him for a two-year $20 million deal. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So they really have no need for him. So I, my only issue with 
I can uh, I I don't my first issue with the mouse yeah, Aiden probably Aiden part of the deal was I don't know why Phoenix is putting on him so bad. Unless you're gonna get Kevin Durant, I really don't yeah, that game seven is probably gonna there's gonna be a thirty for thirty for that game seven. <laughs> <laughs> Before what we saw, what it's going to be called? What happened in Phoenix? You know, it's, um, <laughs> it's called uh, ESPN Thirty for Thirty presents the su- the the sunset. <laughs> what or, if I told you one of the? What if I told you that the number one team in the league that won sixty four games <laughs> and the sun came and the sun just absolutely set. <laughs> Sunsets. <laughs> Phoenix Sun, Mohegan Sun, Sons of Anarchy, Mavs and Seven. <laughs> and so just with that alone, I just I I, I, don't, I just don't know why they're just so adamant on trying to get rid of Aiden. Because, I, I yeah, he well, he didn't fit, but that game seven was so kooky. I just don't know what to really expect from them. But I would do it. I mean, if you get Miles Turner return, say the Kevin Durant trade doesn't go through, and you get Miles Turner return, your team's not winning a championship next year, I don't think, right now. Uh, but I, you are really good because Miles Turner does keep these spaces your floor so well, you know. But it, and Chris Paul is going to give him fifteen to twenty points a game, you know. So, so not 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 after what? Well, if that was a game seven kind of performance. I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, DeAndre Aiden. You it's say you, it's interesting why Phoenix is punting on him. Now look, it all started the last offseason, not this offseason, but last year's offseason, where they didn't even get a deal done for him. And I thought after the playoffs, um, 2021 playoffs, where he was just beasting on AD in the first round and, like, going at Jokic second round and then Western Conference finals that alley-oop dunk he had. And, and yes, he struggled in the finals against Giannis, but that's understandable. Like, he earned that contract. I'm not disputing that. But I have a problem, again, when we talk about player empowerment, of how he handled it how he – and there was internal debate, um, things going on about how he was just not, you know, just not happy with how things were turning out. Yes, he had a great year last year, but when it came, comes to the playoffs, that's where you get paid the most. You can put up the most amazing numbers regular season. It won't mean shit until you perform an exceptionally high level worth your contract in the playoffs. Like, you can, put, you can do great in the regular season. It don't matter. You can't be the highest paid whatever – if it doesn't matter, but the money matters in the most important time if you're not able to succeed on that level. So I could get why the Suns are coming from that. Yes, it sucks that they couldn't that they didn't get a deal done for him before last year. And that kind of got pushed under the rug because the Suns won like sixty-four games. They were the number one team in the league all year. Yeah. But, Crazy. But that whole thing was just such a disappointment. And DeAndre Ayton said if you are not going to willing to do this, then let's find a sign and trade. And do you really think he'll like make them a the Pacers a contender, the Indiana DeAndre Ayton? Because like, yeah, he's great. He'll be on his own team. I mean, him Halliburton could have a future. I mean, they could be a nice one-two duo for years to come. But I don't know if it makes them a contender. I think the Pacers are okay 
being status quo and figuring out what it is for next year because I like everything that their roster has. If you look at it right now, it's not good enough to make the playoffs. It's not. But you can be frisky enough to not be the one of the worst teams in the league because you have Tyrese Halliburton. I like Chris Duarte, who they picked up in the first round last year. He's a great shooter. Ben Matherin is going to be a steal, one of the better players that we see out of this draft. He thinks he's better than LeBron James right now. Yeah, that's crazy. But I do like him as a two-way player because he's a really good – he's for his upside. So it makes sense for Aiden to get with a bunch of 20-year-olds, you know? Like maybe – I'm not saying now, but, you know, maybe it's the – it's the um, Memphis writing on the walls, you know. It's the getting the Jaron Jacksons and John Morants before you boom, you know what I'm saying? So maybe this is the writing on the wall for the Indiana boom. Not next year. Maybe they go for the 21, 20, 2023 draft, grab a great guy, and then they then, then the boom comes. So, But I think that for them it makes sense because I don't think Aiden's even – he's not even 26 years old. He's 25, you know. It's going to be a four-year deal. He's going to be able to get another contract again before the age of 30. My age, he's my yeah, age. Exactly, he, yeah. He's gonna get a bank with uh, the Indiana Pacers for sure. Now I want to talk. This is what I want to talk to you about as a fellow Lakers fan like yourself. Yes. Uh, by the way, before quick note of order, the fact I was laughing when I saw your Twitter profile where you had our Yankees, Lakers, and Cowboys fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always get killed about that. Like my my, my boys, I, it just became. I, I would say I grew up in L.A., so I became a Laker fan. And then I watched baseball during the Derek Jeter time, so I loved the Yankees. And and then the Cowboys – well, honestly, when I became a Cowboy fan, it was 95. We won the Super Bowl. We beat the Steelers. And I was a fan since, and that was the last time they won the Super Bowl. So it's been a – it's been a I've been trying to break up with the Cowboys ever since. <laughs> <laughs> So it's been a bad relationship with the Cowboys. You, saw, you should have break it up with them after that last playoff game. Man, I was I was ready to cry and rip my TV off the mounts, man. It was so bad. I when when Debo was running on us, and just we got defensive out of the game. But I'm a Cowboy, Yankee, Laker fan. I know it's crazy. I love the America's teams. <laughs> when I when I said that, like I was thinking about a meme where it says. Don't worry, the Laker fans. We still have the Yankees and we still have the Cowboys. <laughs> I love those memes. <laughs> they were great memes. Well, I know, but you know, only team that gives me consistent championship is the Lakers. You know, uh, the, the the Yankees haven't won since two thousand nine, but we got a great team this year. But uh, I, I will say this: I do have a future on them to win the AL. So me too. I got a heavy one. They look good. They look yeah. good. I get it. <laughs> getting to the Lakers. So, like, there's we we were at summer league. I'm sure. You being a Lakers fan, too, you were very curious asking around people about the mm-hmm. Kyrie thing. Mm-hmm. I've What I've heard that from other people is that it should, in theory, get done. Mm-hmm. But as you read today, the holdup, and we t- texted this before the show, the holdup was the other first-round draft pick. The mm-hmm. Nets want the not one, but two first-round draft picks that the Lakers are reluctantly to give up for Kyrie Irving. So gut feeling, like I'm asking you this as just an analyst and at taking your fandom hat off for a second as an analyst, do you think he is a Los Angeles Laker? Because even though that there's some squabble about the draft picks and the fact that Nets are still a little uh, hesitant to take on Russell Westbrook. Yes. I do see it happening, and I'll give this reason. If I was from the outside looking in, most times when you see 
brush fires in the NBA, rare is the time that they go the other way and get put out. You know, being that there's no – people say that there's going to be a market for him if Kevin Durant gets traded. I don't necessarily believe that because I don't know if anybody's going to really jump on Kyrie Irving the way that he kind of is angling to get his way to L.A. Would the Mavericks do it? I don't know. Like I said, do you want to bring him to the Mavericks or the Minnesota Timberwolves? You know, do you want to put him with – like swap him for D'Angelo Russell or you trade Dinwiddie back to the uh, Nets? You know, it's like do would you rather have that problem or the one-year rental of Kyrie Irving? I think the Lakers are negotiating against themselves, and I think this is why Rob Link is taking a stance, the unpopular stance, I may add, of not adding the picks. You know, and I, I'm personally, let me add, add this. I am somebody who say give up the picks due to the simple fact that the Lakers rarely pick in the lottery. Even when we do pick, we always – Lakers have a great tra- track record of drafting. Like, other than even – I wouldn't even say, like, I can't even imagine the last true bus other than – because Bynum had bad knees. I wouldn't even call him a bus. He was an all-star. He was, he was an all-star. That champ titles. I don't consider yeah. him a bust. I just consider it an unfortunate career. It, I don't like, consider him a bust at all. I like think one of the better Lakers centers. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, he, by them, I don't consider him a bust. He's, his knees were – and then they, they took a swing with Dwight Howard, and this was that that was their Russell Westbrook move because Dwight Howard had back issues that whole season. They had Pau Gasol shooting threes in the Mike D'Antoni system, and it, it was just terrible. So I think that for basketball's sake that it is going to work, and I think ultimately a pick will get included, maybe just one of them. I would say the 20, 2027 pick probably would get included – and I believe that they should wait it out because I believe that they really are negotiating against themselves from everything that I've heard, read. I follow a lot of people who aggregate and kind of been on point lately. I've been, you know, I've I seen Palinka talking to uh, Sean Marks at the, at the, at the interviews. I saw him. I saw him. I was and, I, and, and I was talking to my, uh, my co-host, Kevin, and my mother co-host, Jesse, um, that was talking to him about this. And we, we, were, um, we were just saying that we think that it's ultimately, it's a waiting game. You know, I think that, Everything but now, everything's going to now kind of pick up now. I think business is about to pick up because now with this news that the Donovan Mitchell is kind of available. Did you see that today? No, I saw yeah. the Knicks could potentially bring in a package. That that will be a very interesting team. Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson, that will be one of the better backcourts, I feel like. Oh, I, I'm a Brunson fan. He grew up like not even like 15, 20 minutes away from me at Stevenson High School. I'm from Highland Park. Um, so we're kind of like kind of close in that area. And I root for, for local guys. I love Brunson. Do think he's a little, a little overpaid for what the Knicks are. The Knicks think of him as the next superstar. He's a good player. He's a star, yeah. not a superstar. He's not worth that money. Although in a big market like New York and the fact that him, the fact that he gets to have the ball in his hands and in that system I do think I do think he could have a good season with the Knicks next year. Uh, Donovan Mitchell could be very interesting. I do think it's another great um, sack, another great team into the East, even though it's the Knicks and we hear the Knicks, oh, it's shaky. But I, I think Donovan Mitchell will make it very exciting and. He's from New York, so it would be great for the league. I would like to see as a fan, Donovan Mitchell. Play. I would like to see that team as well. I just don't know about Julius Randle as my number two banana. Like, I don't, I just don't, I don't know. Like, like I don't know. I, I like, you know, like, I, I just don't know if what, I mean, well, technically he can be, I don't know about Julius Randle overall as my 
an option because we seen him as the one option. He had this crazy breakout year as the number one option where he shot almost 40% from three. And then he really came back to earth. And then people in New York, you know, they really like Obi Toppin, you know, as a lob guy, instead of a guy like Julius Randle where the ball sticks, you know what I'm saying? Where, you know, so, uh, I just don't know about him as, as an option. I don't know if Julius Randle is willing to commit to playing championship basketball. But I will say this. I like I like, I, I want to see it. I really do. Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, the Donovan Mitchell trades are picking up. I think that would be very interesting. And getting back to what you said about Kyrie, how this whole thing with Donovan Mitchell is picking up, you think that this week, I don't know, we can't predict any what's going to happen now because everything could change. I mean, there could be a trade happening while I'm sleeping, from, from all I know. Um, if you had this, you think this week is where we'll see the ball rolling a little bit more? I would say probably within the next two weeks. I don't believe nothing is going to happen. Maybe this week it's the summer league. I think after summer league gets concluded and all the dust is settled and most of the rosters are getting kind of set because we're now, then we're in a home stretch to heading back to the league. I think that was it because I truly don't feel the Nets want to bring Kyrie Irving back. Not under no circumstance. I, I think that the owner of the Nets and Sean Marks rather just cut face because I don't think they know. They, I think they know that ultimately this is going to be this is going to be bad. So I think he'll make his way, and I think there will be a Kevin Durant trade as well. You think? Okay. Now I'm asking you this as a fellow Lakers fan: Do you want Kyrie on the team? Because I know. He's a better player and a better fit, obviously, than Russell Westbrook is. Anybody can be a better fit than Russell Westbrook is right now, especially with that forty-seven million dollar contract. Um, do you? Here's the thing. I'm before I I launch on my end. Do you think that Kyrie? Do you want him on the team, like as the like in general? Because like when I ask some other fans, they say, eh, "I don't know." I mean, he with what happened in Boston and. and Brooklyn you know what I just know the market and I so it's not a matter of want I think it's a matter of desperation for me like you know like where I know my options are kind of limited and if this is the swing that 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 they had this is the egg that they put a basket in I'm kind of in a let me put my fan hat back on and say like I'm just kind of in a support mode of it you know what I'm saying like I know the worst case scenario of all of this situation. That's like I knew. It's like I'm not even. That's why I don't. That's why I never killed Russell Westbrook because we knew what we were signing up for. We knew what we were trading for. Yeah, you you knew you knew what kind of student you you brought into the class. Like you knew what. Can't paint a zebra all black and then call it a horse. He's gonna be. He is who he is. At this stage of his career, he's not going to change. He's not going to set screens. He's not going to play, you know, he's not going to commit to the defensive end like that. And, you know, but he did have a great moment. But we knew. So this is why I'm not critical of Russ. So I say in order to get off what the problem was, we I think they should do it. Just because I, I'm, I am full behind, I do believe you have to try and maximize. Every year you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis Fingers crossed, Anthony Davis, because he's now missed a, a significant amount of time. But if, if Anthony Davis is right and LeBron James, that is a one-two punch that could be reckoned with. And you just have to fill in the pieces. And I feel like as the Lakers organization, you if you committed to quote-unquote championships that we have, we have, to, we have to just, you know, focus on maximizing LeBron's ending. Because I really do feel like this, this roster is not that far off, you know? I, I agree with you on that front. I'm a little torn about the whole Kyrie thing. 
I know what I'm going to get with him as a player. As a player and a fit, he's infinitely better than, than Russell Westbrook is for this team in every single way. Russell is a better rebounder and a better, better passer, and he's more available than Kyrie is. And Russell, at least, the one thing us fans have never questioned Russell Westbrook's is effort. He's mm-hmm. going to play yes. every game for better and for worse. Yeah. You know what? And it's crazy funny you mention that. that like, we're trading for a player that we don't have to question whether he loves basketball. I may truly question if Kyrie loves basketball, and I never do that with any player. I can honestly say I can point to several instances and say I don't know if he wants it. I agree with you on that. I do think LeBron can make it work because LeBron knows Kyrie Irving. He knows him front and back. He got three great years out of mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They won a championship. Might have won two if not Kevin Love didn't. Yeah, uh, thanks Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then if that didn't happen, and if Kyrie didn't injure his foot in Game One overtime, maybe LeBron would have five rings. That's just a theory, but it would work for them. But the thing is, Kyrie. He doesn't solve – he's not a defender. And if he's not always going to be available – because it's just a fact that he is going to miss time off at some point. He stay, he's stayed majority healthy through his career, but he's going to be out for taking PTO or CTO. And it's going to happen at some point. And he's not vaccinated. I'm not going to wood for him. But eventually, if you're not vaccinated, the risk of you getting COVID is a lot higher, obviously. I just don't see, like – I think it would work for LeBron, but I just don't know if that's the greatest fit out there right now. I feel like with what does a LeBron James team need? Shooter and three de- and three and D defenders. What happened when with the Lakers in the bubble two years ago? Mm-hmm. Do we have the best, most talented roster on that team? No, but no. they had three and D players that were threats, and they had rip protection and Dwight and JaVale. They had shooters. They had three, not to cut you off, but they had three three and D guys that were average to above average with Danny Green, KCP, and Kyle Kuzma. None of them were bad defenders. They were at least threats. All of them above average, I would say average to above average shooters. Right. And like what he had in Miami, he had Shane Battier, he had Mike Miller, and then in Cleveland, he had J.R. Smith and, and, and all those people. So he had three, he, that's what he needs. He needs three ND players. That's what a LeBron James team does. Adding Kyrie Irving, it will help for and make them at least – I give them a puncher's chance with Kyrie Irving. I think they would be maybe a, a, a second round of Western Conference Finals player in there. I don't know if it's championship because he doesn't provide any defense and he's, and he's not always going to want to be available. But if – but you don't win – with like necessarily a super team because you, if there was super teams were good, then both the Lakers and the Nets would have won playoff games because <laughs> you know what happened were... last year, how much disastrous the Lakers made me and maybe yeah. like, Oh, like every bet I had with someone on them. And you saw what the Nets were, despite the fact the Nets made at least the playoffs and the Lakers didn't, the Nets had the same amount of playoff wins as the Lakers did. Lakers, yeah. Zero. So the super team thing doesn't really mean shit unless your stars buy in. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. And I think that if the Kyrie thing is there, 
is he I'm sure he's going to be the it's going to get done at some point from people you've talked to I'm sure you asked people in the media about this at summer league and people who I've talked to they think it's probably going to get done and it should happen mm-hmm. and one of my sources that I talked to the other day said this could get done by earliest maybe August at some point hmm. So that's just what I've been hearing yeah. from my anonymous source. So that's pretty much what I have heard on that front. Um, and getting to like the better fit, I just think Buddy Heal, the Miles Turner thing would be better in my opinion. I'm not saying they're not, obviously not better players than Kyrie. I'm not going to dispute that, but Miles Turner gives you rim protection, which the Lakers desperately like missed. And Let me ask you a question real quick. When you say they lowballed them, what was the exact offer? For Buddy Hill? Yeah, well, yeah, for the Miles Turner Buddy Hill. Was that a Taylor Horton Tucker uh, package? I think it was. From mm-hmm. I, I may have skimmed it a little bit like while I was at work today, but I skimmed it. I think it was something about THT, but the Pacers clearly have zero interest in, TA, in training for THT. And they tried training from Malcolm Brogdon this year. And the Pacers executive, from more importantly, the Pacers executive laughed at that, at that <laughs> idea, which, uh, which is understandable. I'm not saying yeah. Tucker doesn't have any value to it, but yeah. he, he's a good defender and he and in the right situation, he can be an effective player, but I, it could work. The, the Buddy Heel Miles Turner thing, Buddy Heel could sort of be like in that Clay Thompson type role. Mm-hmm. Or the Lakers have, and Miles Turner could be a rim protector. Although the Lakers already have two centers, they already have Thomas Bryant, who I think was a good Me too. pickup if he he was pre ACL Thomas Bryant. Yeah, well, he was like shooting almost forty percent from three and and averaging fourteen points a game. Yeah, before the ACL injury, he was great, and I and and Damian Jones. He's nothing. He's nothing. Nothing sexy to write home about. I like. I, I've liked him when the first we signed him to a ten day one time, and I liked him. I was mad that they didn't sign him back because we people forget how low the Lakers season got last year. We had Isaiah Thomas at one point too, so you know. So we got pretty. We were pretty desperate for players, but I think we had Damian James, Damian Jones, at one time, and he was pretty good for us. I liked him as a back. Uh, two years ago, the 20, yeah. 2021 season, where Anthony Davis went out with the calf injury mm-hmm. and Damian Jones played pretty well. He can lob, he can dunk. I, I think he's easily better than DeAndre Jordan is right now. That's not saying much, but he he's he's fine for what this is. I do think that would have worked. The Eric Gordon option, I know people are saying, oh, rolling their eyes at it. I don't think it's the worst option ever. I mean, he did, he was a sixth man of the year candidate a couple of years ago. I think he even won that, I believe. Pretty sure. Yeah, he won it one time, I think. Yeah. So, like, he could um, – he's obviously not better than Buddy Heald is, but he can spot up and shoot, and it will probably be LeBron's best shooter he's had in a long time. So, that would work in that regard. That is very true. I just think that the Lakers need to at least find something to get their hands off Russell Westbrook, though. Because if they're still with Russell Westbrook next year, they're at best a playoff team. That's all I can look at it. And Darvin Ham can say all he wants about, oh, he's going to change everything. And no, you can't fix, you can't fix a car that's already broken. You that's think what well, you think they can go, they can win, they can be make the playoffs with, with Russell? If Anthony Davis is healthy and at his best, and Darvin Ham, I love Darvin Ham. Me too. But I don't know if he's 
going to be better than Udoka or Willie Green, but he could be in that class. Mm -hmm. If Braun and AD are healthy and if Russ doesn't turn over, maybe they're a playoff team. That's awesome. AD's health depends on a lot. A lot lot of this is riding on whether AD can play 70 games. If he can play 70 games, that's big for the Lakers. Right. I, I I agree with you on that. It really just depends on Anthony Davis's health in that regard. So we'll see what happens on that. And I, I hope that th- – I just want them to get their hands off Ross. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Anyway, they, I would say if they have to pivot, they should be still under consideration to pivot. I don't think they got to – they can't run it back with this roster. No. They absolutely cannot. No way, shape, or form. Absolutely no way. Now, you're a big NFL fan, and I wanted – and they came out with the top ten quarterback rankings. Um, I'm sure you saw it today. And it had Aaron – and I'll, I'll pull it up for you again real quick. Yeah. Where he, he's a terrible fit on – Wait, sorry about that. I, I was going through the top ten um, player uh, – top ten NFL QBs. Yeah. I saw it as well. From what I've read – and from what I've read is that Dak Prescott, your guy, is number 10. And it, so this is the list. It's Aaron Rodgers, one, Mahomes, two, Josh Allen, three, Brady, four, Burrow, five, Stafford, six, Justin Herbert, seven, Russell Wilson, eight, Deshaun Watson, nine, and Dak Prescott, 10. Uh, but, uh, well, I got an issue right there. Deshaun Watson hasn't played for a year. But even though he was elite. He was, he was, he was the top – Five quarterback? Yeah, he was elite, but he uh, – I think Dak is properly properly ranked because he has similar numbers to Kirk Cousins. And Dak's second half of last year was pretty bad after he hurt his calf in New England. The season changed after that. When Dak hurt his calf in New England, he was never the same quarterback. The QBR went down. The numbers went down. Everything went down with him. He's a good quarterback. He did now. If you read all the reports that I do, like how I read my Cowboy reports and I have my Cowboy podcast and I watch first thing in the morning by blogging the boys, they say this is his most healthy season. So – I don't know, but I do like that. I agree with I agree with everybody on the list, and I'm a big Justin Herbert fan and Joe Burrow fan. Those are two, two of my favorite quarterbacks. I like Dak Prescott as a person, and I think he's a very good quarterback, but he's not elite, and he's not worth that seventy that that seventy five million dollar contract. He's no. not. I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you, but he's not that. He's a good quarterback against terrible teams, and every game when I saw him, I think a couple years ago when he was leading the league in passing yards, at least top three, is mainly came against when you guys were behind. I've never been sold on him as a great quarterback, in my harsh opinion of him. Uh, I do like CeeDee Lamb. I think he could be fairly good. I, I He does have a few drops here and there. Losing Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper worked great with Dak Prescott. They, worked, they were great together, I feel like. He I push back on that because Amari Cooper really didn't show up on the road like that. He had a lot of home. He's very good. Home, he's home, great. He's great on the road. Yeah. He struggles, and there's always something with him. There's always an injury with him. It's always he comes out having a bad game. Then there's one game where he's like a top five receiver, and there's another game where he's just ugh, yeah. no, that's what he is. And Zeke and your man Zeke, like he's like turned into the James Harden of the NFL as far as 
not being in the best shape, getting paid all that money. And the fa- he yeah. used to be – that rookie season, he was incredible. One of my, I think it's one of the best rookie seasons you ever see by a rookie running back. I think his first – well, the second year he was in and out because of what happened. But yeah. The second year he was in and out of what happened. And then third year he came in out of shape. But he, but he was good towards the end of that third year. The fourth yeah. year was okay, was pretty good. Yeah. Fifth year, he was terrible. Sixth year, he was good at the beginning, and then it was a – He's been up and down. I would say this. His inconsistency with his body, I'm glad. I think the last two years have been the best two years, even though – I think he cleaned it up. Last year, he came in in really good shape, and I think that this year he's coming in in better shape. So, the last two years – last year was busy based off injury, but I do think that he's in the sport – where I think running backs are like point guards in the NBA. It's like, you don't really pay them. You know, Dallas did a mistake of paying him, and now we have two and one that may be better than him already named Tony Pollard that's on the roster if he, he may be able to run better than Zeke. So you don't really pay running backs in today's NFL. So we kind of got a bad deal. But after this year, he's probably going to be cut, unfortunately, because he has no more guaranteed money left. Really? What do you make of the rest of this list? Um I noticed Lamar Jackson's not on that list. I mean, some people are just – That's my issue. Lamar should be nine and Dak and Deshaun White should be on the list. Honestly, I, I don't know. Like, you can't take two years off. You can't take as much time he's as he did. He's probably going to get sus- – and he's de- – no, not probably. He's definitely going to get gonna suspended. He's going to get suspended. So, it's going to be two years off. So He will 1,000% be suspended. In fact, if I were the head of the commissioner, I'd suspend – I would suspend him for another year. Me too. Personally. If Me I- too. Me too. I do. I do it. I do another year. So he. So that's why. That's why I'm already adding that year because I'm 99. He gets it, and I'm hoping he gets a year at minimum. So that's two years off of football at a position that's only getting faster. I can't put him in my top ten. I'm sorry. He. Yeah. Last time he was a top five quarterback. I'm not questioning his ability. It's just a matter of the fact he's gonna get suspended, and whenever he comes back, his conditioning's gonna be way off for game shape. And he's not going to and the NFL's a faster game and a faster speed for what he was training for. He's not going to look good at all, I don't think. And the Browns, you can criticize Baker Mayfield all you want, but he's at least going to show is at least doesn't get in trouble off the field. At least he's available. Well now so he's, he's a Panther. <laughs> what? Now now Baker's a Panther now. Now he's a Panther. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, and, and good luck winning with uh, Jacoby Brissett next year. <laughs> no disrespect to Jacoby. He's a nice backup, but he, he, you're not winning that much. Exactly. And I, I, I like overall, I just think I like Deshaun Watson as when he was with the Texans, you know, but I always felt like there was more to be desired, even though he, you know, the Texas roster was deteriorating and he had, you know, what was left of J.J. Watt at the time because he was always getting injured. So, I just – I don't know why, but Lamar Jackson should definitely be in a top 10. And I, and I definitely agree with that. I, I'd put him number 10. I put – I would put – I would keep – I would push one Deshaun or Dak off. I, I don't know. The rest of the list, I, I don't know if we – Aaron Rodgers, number one. I mean, that – you hear what I have to say about Aaron Rodgers. Not because <laughs> I'm a Bears fan because <laughs> – I'll save it for another time. <laughs> I'm ready for the football season. <laughs> football season. It's eight more Sundays, and I will, I'll go crazy on it. <laughs> and then there's Patrick Mahomes, number two. I can't argue with that. Josh Allen, three. Joe Burrow, five. 
I think it's pretty accurate. Burrow should have the higher ranking because he, he just made it to the Super Bowl. But Justin Herbert, man, he's my favorite quarterback right now. Yeah. He's, he's big. He's six six. He has long. He has a great arm. He can run. I, I love this guy. I think he's going to be he, – I could see him winning multiple MVPs and getting to some Super Bowls. Am I crazy to say that or – no, he had Jay Truth. I call him Jay Truth. He's the man, man. He's six. He made one throw last year first to the Giants, and it was just, it was like, it was. That like, was the best throw of the year, I felt. Yeah, like. it was like a 75 yard rope he just did right on the money. I've never seen it. He, I just have issues with Brandon Staley, but that's, that's a different podcast. <laughs> I, you know, I have issues with Brandon Staley and his whole fourth down enigma thing that he did last year. And so I, I, I don't know, but Justin Herbert overall, I, I, like I said, I agree with everything on the list. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty accurate list. Yeah, I, I would agree with it too. Totally would. Um, I, I don't disagree with a lot. I, I, Tom Brady, number four, it's good for what it is. I, I don't know what we're going to get out of him, though. And yeah. the fact of the matter is, he's. I'm not questioning. He's going to be in great shape. It's just a matter of him taking the contacts and the fact that he's going to have to deal with this for another year. And he's going to go on 45 pretty soon. And he, I know he didn't retire, but he did contemplate on retiring. So we'll see how he is this upcoming season. Very true. You know, and, and with him, you just never know when that – when, not necessarily when he's going to break down. is when, he, when he's going to take a bad shot, you know, or when he'll get a busted rib. That busted rib is different when you're 40s, you know. So, so you know, so hopefully he his old line keeps him upright. And, uh, you know, but I think he's attacking. I like, I like Tommy for sure. So I want to ask you this before um, – for our last couple questions before uh, this ends. You – so how did your podcast come about? We talked about sports and NBA and NFL all, all day. But you know, all this episode, I want to ask more about you. How did you come up with your podcast name, Those Millennials? How did this whole thing start? Well, honestly, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Well, we, me and my boys always thought about this. We, we, we had a podcast before we knew it. And it's funny because, like, we will always be the ones that people came to and argue with us and debate it. Like, Sundays, we would, like, debate football and watch football games. And we always all, all – so me and my three – so me and my three buddies, Kevin – and Jesse, um, we started this podcast. We used to all used to work together, and we used to all used to always argue about everything. And before you know it, as it looked, we turned our friendship, and we just kept going. And we used to have like Monday sessions where we would go to Buffalo Wild Wings and argue about who's the better, <laughs> who's the better JC, J, uh, Jason Campbell or Jay Cutler. And we used to order. We used to I had like have arguments, and mind you, like these, like my boy Kevin, when you meet him. You come on our pod, he's he's a basketball head, and Jesse's my football guy. Like me and Je- so it's always kind of weird. Like I've been in the middle of both because Jesse has taught me a lot about football that I didn't know. And Kevin, he uh taught me more about basketball than than, than I didn't know. So and we kind of, you know, it's like one day we were just like, hey, why don't we just do a podcast? Mind you, we were already like listening to Bill Simmons' podcast when he was on Grantland and all this other stuff. So we were like kind of into it and we we're like, man, we like sports, we like you know, pop culture. Why don't we just do it? So my boy Kevin is really he's a, he's a pusher. So he pushed for it and pushed us together. And now we've been doing this now for a couple of years now. We love it. We're like a mirror of Instagram. So I, that's what I call our podcast. Like, yeah, it could mirror Instagram could be a good and a bad thing. But if you want to turn Instagram off, you turn on those millennials, and and you can you know we'll tell you about what's going on and sports and you know movies or 
whatever stupid trend is going on. You know, it, it, we, we kind of cover a little everything. You know, I have my NBA passion. That's truly my passion. So we have other ventures we eventually plan to branch off in. But those millennials, is, is, it's, a, it's a fun ride. And it's honestly, I would say this, it, it's been the, the best thing that's happened to me because it's been a ride like for the last like five to six years was with my boys and we've grown up together. And like I said, it's branching me out. So it's been an incredible, it's been an incredible ride. So that's ultimately, that's a long way of saying how we got it started. We just worked together and we were always uh, debating each other. And like, like, no matter what, like right now, me and Jesse have an issue with Rob Palenka. And we just, we, you know, we can't come to, we can't come to agreement on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's an unbelievable story. I could, I could have heard that for another 10 minutes. Like that's unbelievable how you guys just, shot your shit one day and then just decided let's do it yeah that's that's really that like people like we understand like when we were uh we've been doing this a while there's like most of the time when we were like our get togethers were just us drinking and arguing it was when he was like not even arguing we're just like we'll just get together just cut something on just you know just so we can debate it you know what i'm saying or let's watch this and figure out a debate so definitely it's been a fun ride and 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 it's it's been incredible to and like i'm so excited just being at the you know, like the infancy stage of what I'm doing right now. And I'm just so excited just to keep blooming that podcast and with my boys. And like I say, when you, when you meet my, my boy, Kevin, I would love for you. Kevin's another guy and Jesse, Jesse's a big football guy. You would love to have both of those guys. I, on. I love him for football Sunday for football Saturdays. Uh, I do Saturday podcasts before the Sunday games, just uh, to go over bets. They, I love them on me. Uh, me and my uh, partner would love to have, to have them on for sure. Absolutely. Definitely, yeah. We we definitely got to work something out and get you on our on our podcast. I, 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 cool. Sign me up, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. I appreciate the appreciate appreciate the love that you gave me today. Absolutely, appreciate. absolutely. Um, I I just hope uh, I hope uh, everything all is great with you with that. Keep up the great work, and uh, I hope t- tonight before we go to sleep, we see a notification that maybe Kyrie gets traded to the Lakers. I'm 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 keeping my fingers crossed for that. I'm hoping we get one. I hope we, I'm waiting on a, a Shams bomb or a Woj bomb. If I have, if you have final question before you go, who breaks the story first? If Kyrie gets straight to the Lakers, who would you I have think, to say? I think Woj. Woj has been. I think Woj breaks it. Woj has been kind of close, but he was talking to Bobby Marks and Rob Palenka a lot. I think Woj is the one that's going to break it. You, I saw from above what was going on. I mean, the same about summer league. It's just as much action off the court as there is on the court. In fact, there's more action off the court than there is on the court. Definitely. That's what makes it so exciting. It's a a game within a game, watching who's talking to who, who's there, who's upset. It's it's incredible. It's a culture I can't wait to be a part of. It was great to meet you there, uh, Jarrell. Keep up the great work. You can listen to those millennials podcasts on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And, uh, Jarrell, thank you so much. You're more than welcome anytime on the show. Thank you, man. I would love to come back anytime. We're going to have you on soon for a home and home, so definitely. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening to another edition of the Off the Dome podcast. You can listen to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Have a great night, and go get them. Great day, go get them.